Welcome to Seas of Change's next episode of Ocean Views. We are so excited to welcome our next guest, Sean. Sean, could you please just introduce yourself and tell us a little about what you do, please? Absolutely. Thanks, Mel. Thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor to join you all today to chat a little bit more about this work. Um, again, my name is Sean Russell. I'm the Associate Director of Youth Engagement and Partnerships at Earth Echo International. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to building a global youth movement to restore and protect our ocean planet. And I have the pleasure of working with all of our direct youth leadership programs, as well as the incredible network of global partners that support the young people involved in our programs. Um, in addition to my work with Earth Echo, I also am the founder and director of the Youth Ocean Conservation Summit, which is an annual event uh, really dedicated to equipping young people around the world with the knowledge, the tools, and the funds needed to bring to life uh, solutions-oriented ocean conservation projects back in their local communities. Wow, you seem like you do a lot of stuff and a lot of amazing stuff as well. That's so amazing. How, so like, how do you manage, you know, time manage or like, you know, all those different, different things and, you know, your personal life and all that kind of stuff? Like, how do you manage that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, um, you know, for me, it's something that, that I continue to learn, I think, every day, how to, how to do hopefully a little bit of a better job at that, I think. You know, in this work, uh, in the kind of conservation, environmental conservation, ocean conservation field, you know, we're always so passionate about the work that sometimes, you know, we jump into a little bit of everything. And so for me, I think over the years, um, and again, still learning, but over the years, trying to do a better job of, um, you know, increasing the capacity that I have to do this work by working with incredible partners, collaborators, um, you know, other young people as I grew up kind of working in ocean conservation and certainly, um, you know, really building collaborations and partnerships to help amplify and scale the work and really helping to provide, you know, the tools and resources for other people to hopefully kind of exponentially expand the reach um, and, and the impact of some of the projects and programs that I've been involved in over the years. But certainly it's a, you know, kind of the collaboration and teamwork has been really key to that. Um, and, and again, always excited to see how we can grow the impact through unique um, and, and kind of unconventional partnerships as well. Well, so you've done a lot of amazing things. Um... How did you first get involved in, in um, environmental activism? So for me, I grew up in uh, South Florida in the United States um, and kind of first, you know, connections to the natural world and the environment really came from just getting outdoors, you know, getting out into nature, you know, exploring state and national parks and kind of the, the marine environments of my own communities with my friends and family. Uh, and later that led me to uh, join a local 4-H club, a youth organization um, uh, in, in my local community that was focused on environmental science and conservation, as well as um, getting involved in education programs at Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium, which is kind of in my hometown of Sarasota, Florida. And for me, those experiences kind of got me more connected to, you know, not just the ocean and the marine environment, but also, you know, some of the conservation challenges that we see, starting to learn about those firsthand, and then having the chance to volunteer for, uh, you know, conservation um, projects with my fellow 4-H club members and other young people in my community, whether that was beach cleanups or habitat restoration projects, really getting connected to the kind of tangible conservation work. Um, and in ninth grade, I had the really unique opportunity to join the high school internship program at Boat Marine Laboratory in Sarasota and kind of come full circle in this work first, um, you know, going to their programs as a young person and summer camps and things like that. And then in turn, um, through this internship program, having the chance really to work alongside scientists and educators and really get some firsthand experience, um, you know, working alongside those professionals. And about the time I started a project in high school called the, the Stow It, Don't Throw It Project, 
with my 4-H club, with Moat Marine Laboratory, really focused on getting young people involved and tackling the issue of improperly disposed of monofilament fishing line um, and, and working to engage young people in creating personal sized fishing line recycling bins out of old tennis ball cans to help repurpose and recycle um, uh, fishing lines so it doesn't get accidentally discarded into the environment where it could harm marine wildlife. So that was kind of my, my first intro into to, you know, environmental education, marine conservation, and really just continue to, to grow my passion from those experiences. That sounds amazing. And I loved how you mentioned, <clears throat> sorry, um, you know, the privilege of being able to be immersed in our environment, whether it be, you know, like the beach, the ocean or national parks, as you said, but also the flip side that is seeing all the damage that we do to these lovely places and that kind of being your spur and also all the lovely internships and educational programs that you've been a part of. Um, so you mentioned, you know, those things that have started your journey, but is there anyone or anything that inspires you currently? You know, I always go back and, and, and kind of crediting some of those early experiences to first my, my parents and my family. Um, again, kind of always passionate about the outdoors, getting myself and my, my older brother outside and connected to nature. And so, um, you know, those early experiences were so kind of formative in my journey and this work. Um, and then over the years, their support for, for my um, conservation projects and, and work has been so incredible. But uh, kind of going beyond my, my core family, you know, for me, I'm always incredibly inspired by the young people that I am just lucky enough to work with every day. It's been this really amazing opportunity in my work to come, you know, kind of full circle initially as a young person uh, working on environmental and ocean conservation projects and now to be able to kind of have a full-time job that's that's focused on on supporting and, and working with this next generation of conservation leaders. And so for me, you know, every day I, I'm, I'm so incredibly inspired by the young people that I get to connect with like all of you around the world that are driving this work forward and that are just, um, you know, bringing such incredible passion and energy and dedication and especially, you know, innovative and new ideas to the, the conservation world. And so for me, I always find, um, you know, so much inspiration and excitement by the, the possibilities coming out of this work with young people. Yeah, these connections are like, obviously, you know, the most important part of, you know, being part of environmental activism. So obviously, you know, you've made a lot of connections and you've, you know, you've really worked your way up and like, you know, making tangible change. So is there any like, you know, current or upcoming like projects that you've been working with that you'd like to share? One in particular that I'll, I'll share is comes from our, our team and Youth Leadership Council at Earth Echo International. So we have a group of incredible young people that serve on our Youth Leadership Council that really help direct and shape all of our work and programs. Uh, over the past year, this group's launched a campaign called Ocean Echo 30 by 30, which is really all about uh, elevating youth voice and youth leadership in support of efforts to protect 30% of the ocean by 2030, kind of the number that, that scientists are telling us that's kind of the minimum we need to, to protect biodiversity, to mitigate some of the worst impacts of climate change uh, through the creation of marine protected areas. And so this campaign is really focused on kind of three main pillars of work, uh, education and outreach around marine protected area conservation, um, direct coastal habitat restoration projects to connect communities to the importance of this work, and then a real focus on policy and advocacy um, on a global scale to really uh, move the needle on creating new marine protected areas and growing uh, this important work. And so that, that campaign has been, been driven again by young people over the past year, and it's really continuing to grow. Um, and just about a month ago, we've launched a new online community platform kind of growing out of that work called the Ocean Echo Community. So if um, folks are interested, we'd love for other young people to join. Anyone ages 13 to 25 are welcome to join this new online hub we've, we've launched uh, really to connect young people for ongoing year-round training and networking 
collaboration opportunities and, and really the chance to build that collective impact together. Um, and so you can learn more at ouroceanecho.org and request an invitation to join that, that new community platform. Really excited to grow that as a space to, to continue the connections, the collaborations, and, and again, that collective impact on this work. Well, that sounds like such an amazing um, program. Um, and I love how you have a huge focus on empowering youth voices because we also believe that's such a huge part of environmental activism is to like involve everyone. And yeah, we'll definitely link your um, hub in the in the description when we post this because it would love to get more people involved as well. Um, yeah, with COVID facing, um, forcing us all to change our approach, how has this affected your work and maybe even like your Ocean um, Echo 30 by 30 project? Certainly, I mean, I think it caused us all to, you know, to, to pause and reevaluate how we do some of our programming just because of the sort of the challenges of meeting um, in person. I think, you know, in our work at Earth Echo International, we are, um, we often find ourselves working in a bit of a virtual space, given the kind of global reach of the young people that we work with, as well as um, the partner organizations we engage with. But certainly, you know, uh, has, you know, shifted how we do, like I said, our typical in-person events and, and our activities. Um, but at the same time, it also allowed us, I think, to transition um, some of our programs like this Ocean Echo 30 by 30 campaign, like our annual youth leadership summit we host into um, an interesting virtual space that allowed us to really broaden the reach um, to a much wider audience. And for example, last year, we, we shifted our typical in-person youth leadership summit that's usually for our core uh, youth council and internal teams into a virtual experience. And, and we saw, you know, maybe 500 young people come together from 32 countries the first time we ever tried this and we were able to continue that this year which was really exciting to build on that momentum um, and so I think you know in all of this we've learned a lot about um, you know how we communicate and how we can better um, offer access to opportunities and, and learning experiences and collaboration opportunities to a much wider scale and I think that um, is really important in this this need for really a global community to come together around some of these big picture ocean conservation challenges um, I think we also see it, you know, throughout this, this time of, of challenges with COVID, we've just, I think, seen a reinforced need for, for community. I think sometimes, you know, people often feel, especially now, disconnected and, you know, not able to get together in person with what they might meet with or, or work with. And so we've seen this, this continued need um, to foster those community opportunities, those collaboration opportunities for people to, to, to connect and share ideas and learn from one another, too. So it's been a, I think, you know, we'll take a lot of lessons away from this and I'm excited to see how we kind of take the best of, of that community building and connectivity that we've we've learned from the last year and continue to, 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 to move forward with those types of um, opportunities in the future as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And I love what you're saying about how COVID has kind of forced us to close on local and regional kind of opportunities or projects, but it actually has opened our eyes to global um, you know, prospects and actually forced us to glo go global, which is, you know, kind of an upside of this really bleak sure. situation. But on the flip side, what has been your favorite opportunity or experience so far? That's a great question. And that's a hard question. Uh, maybe the hardest question you'll have here, I think. Um, I'll, I'll share two examples. One, I think, you know, I'm, uh, like I said before, always kind of incredibly grateful when we can can get out and get reconnected to to the marine environments and to see the impact of this this work firsthand and so I know I talked a little bit about marine protected areas and our work on this 30 by 30 global ocean goal um, and I will share about five years ago I had the opportunity to uh, travel with in the United States with NOAA and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service out to the Pacific Remote Islands Marine National Monument and, and Palmyra National Wildlife Refuge which is one of one of the largest marine protected areas in the world and it was um 
absolutely incredible. And we were there really to, to spend some time thinking about how to build a global community of support for this really special place in the ocean that doesn't have necessarily a local community to be those advocates um, for it. And so, um, you know, for me, it was this really incredible experience to see, I think what we talk about a lot, that, that the ocean is, is resilient. Our ocean environments are resilient. We know that, um, you know, we're facing a lot of challenges with climate change, with habitat loss and destruction, with overfishing, all of these issues. But we've started to, you know, we've really seen the science shows us that when we set aside places in the ocean and allow them to rebound and recover, um, they are really resilient. And so for me, it was, you know, we talk about this all the time. We see the science and the research, um, but to spend several days out here and to see firsthand incredible coral reefs and uh, seabird nesting colonies coming back and all of these things when we just give it the chance to, you know, just, just really in the grand scheme of things, kind of a small portion of the ocean set aside to, to recover um, was incredibly inspiring. I think it really drives home um, the importance of this work to, to, to protect and restore these critical ocean habitats around the world. So that's one, one in particular. And then I'll also just share, I think for me, and I, and I know I touched on this earlier, um, and has been in, in my kind of collective career, really um, just exciting to have the chance to come full circle on this work. I initially, you know, connected the organization I work full time um, at now uh, as a young person and, and Earth Echo's team, you know, supported me as a, as a high school student, a college student working on projects. And now I have this really, um, this, this privilege again to come full circle and have the chance to kind of pay it forward and work with amazing young people and, and partner organizations to continue this work forward. Yeah, that's obviously, you know, like connections and like, you know, getting people into this industry like you know it's kind of like a powerful you know feeling and obviously you know first-hand experience like you know that's like the best thing when it comes to you know environmental to actually see like all, what your hard work is actually you know the impact it's made so obviously you know we've talked about how COVID has you know forced us to you know make some couple changes so but like what other challenges have you faced that you know you've had to you know you've learned from and had to overcome yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, certainly I think we touched on a couple, as you mentioned earlier, with COVID, also with the, you know, the challenge of always, you know, probably never having enough time to do all the work we want to do. I think we touched on a little bit. Um, I guess one that I'll, I'll talk about since I've been, been touching a little bit on this work with, with marine protected areas and, and some of the kind of ocean conservation policy as well. I think a challenge that we see kind of across this uh, the ocean conservation movement is this continued need, and obviously you all are, are, are driving this work forward so amazingly, uh, but this continued need for an investment in and a focus on education and, and youth engagement. I think sometimes we focus and, 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 and we get caught up in, you know, moving a policy forward, moving a specific action forward, but um, if there's not kind of a base level of an ocean literate society who's engaged and knowledgeable on these issues to sustain that work over the long term, um, you know, it can easily change. And we've seen that happen, you know, kind of around the world with changing, you know, policies as, as political parties change or governments change. And so it's, I think, really important. And at Earth Echo, we talk a lot, you know, how do we build a sustainable and durable ocean conservation movement? You know, how do we make sure that a, a positive policy or action at a company or at a, at a national level or international level for the ocean doesn't just change or flip, you know, in a short period of time? And it's really that 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 focus on and an investment in all the work that, that that we're all doing together. This focus on on youth leadership to build this next generation of a society that stays informed on these issues, stays engaged on these issues. You know, not just in an election year, and not just when there's a problem, but stays active and and, and passionate about this work. You know, kind of 365 days of the year, and it starts again with with education and with young people. Yeah, I completely agree. Like as much as like as important as policy is, because it is really important. Education is also like so important to ensure that like all the long term goals are achieved and like the policy is continued to be implemented. So 
Yeah, I think that's such an important point. Um, yeah, for our last question today, in your opinion, how important do you believe um, the voices of young change makers are and what advice would you give them? You know, it's it's so critical that young people are are involved in driving this work forward. And I'm so you know just um, thankful for the opportunity to, to chat with you all tonight and thank you for your leadership in this work. Um, you know, for me, when we look at the world's population, you know, I was say seven billion people plus on the planet, and you know, putting increasing pressure on our on our ocean, on our natural resources. Um, but nearly half that population is is under the age of 25. You know, as young people or young people, and um, you know, I think at, we're at a point where we can't afford to just write off young people as leaders of the future, which happens, I think, you know, so often just kind of by nature in this work. I think it's really, you know, critically important that kind of the ocean conservation movement as a whole really looks to young people and, and you know, takes the time to involve young people as meaningful um, and equal partners in this work because we need everyone at the table. And, you know, young people bring such, um, you know, such an incredible influence over their friends, their family, their peers, their communities to this work, um, which is really helpful for growing the public support we need for ocean conservation. Um, I think young people bring incredible urgency to this work as well, knowing the, you know, I think young people are probably gonna live with the actions or inactions of, 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 you know, what we do in marine conservation or don't do for that matter. And, you know, I think, um, again, incredibly innovative ideas and new perspectives are, are so critical that young people bring to the, the conversation on ocean conservation. And so for me, I think, you know, it's easy often, you know, often to get overwhelmed by the big picture challenges facing our planet. But for young people, I think we need everyone involved in this work, growing this movement together. And I think the first step for me is always, you know, if you're a young person interested in getting involved is to find, you know, find your passion, find what you're passionate about and, and find that kind of chunk of this big picture work that we all have to do together um, that you can really sink your teeth into and, and jump right into. And it's, you know, if it's, if it's kind of steered by your passions and your interest, um, you know, that, that will help uh, rub off on other people around you too and, and get them excited about it and want to plug into the work that you're doing. So again, for me, it's always about starting with your passions, those areas of interest that you have um, and reaching out, connecting to some other, you know, peers or young people in this work and, and also never being afraid to reach out to uh, you know, established organizations that are working in a space that you're passionate about. Um, I think in my work, it's kind of funny at times I find young people trying to navigate, you know, how to connect to organizations and, and organizations going, how do we connect with young people? And sometimes it's just a matter of, of reaching out and, and connecting the dots. So never be afraid to, you know, to reach out, send an email, call someone up. There's a good chance that, that they'll want to work with you and be excited uh, that a young person's passionate about this work as well, too. So, uh, you know, we need more of those uh, collaborations and, and kind of intergenerational uh, communities coming together on this work. Amazing advice and I agree. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. You were so well spoken yet yeah, that's that was our final question unfortunately but thank you so much for giving your time for this interview. I definitely was inspired by this and I'm sure everyone watching will be as well so thank you so much once again. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for all that you're doing.